Till Death Do Us Recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping for you Married at First Sight, Season 16, Episode 17. Gatlinburg Getaway. And if you were wondering how many more days till Decision Day, it is literally one day less than it was last week yeah. because they are milking this bland ass retreat for all that it's worth and then some i enjoyed the retreat this week because we got a lot of activities and i am looking forward to commenting on said activities <laughs> no there was that that was that's like kind of my overarching takeaway from this week is like literally no movement was made for any couples in any substantive way at all and so there's like nothing to analyze from that angle but there were like plenty of funny little or cringy moments to touch on. I, I feel like we could like summarize the ep though. And like, I bet you I could summarize the ep in two minutes. Go for it. No. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> well, there's oh, okay. no reason to <laughs> listen to the pod, but I do think we could maybe pull this off in 30. That's the, that would be the craziest thing we've ever done. So I should shut up and we should get going. Uh, we open with everyone being hungover. We are still in Gatlinburg. We are kind of in the ninth inning of math season 16 here, just trudging forward. This calls to the bullpen. The managers have come out. Mm -hmm. Seventh mm -hmm. inning stretch, mm -hmm. things of that nature. Strike, as Nicole would say. A stroke? <laughs> oh my or a stroke. God. <laughs> uh, Okay, we'll just do what we did last week, too, and just kind of chronologically go through it. And if there's anything of note, then there we go. So the first, like, activity that goes down is Shaq, Kirsten, Nicole, and Chris go on a little double date to do the, like, Western dress-up photo shoot. Yeah, a little old-timey. Which is so cute. I know. I've never... We got to do that. We need to. Did you never do it as a kid? Never have. Mm, we have a great family portrait. I think I've seen that. Yes, Um Always kind of thought it was a little cheesy, and now getting to see the extensive outfits you get to pick from or choose from, <laughs> I'm kind of in. Yeah, that tracks. Uh, so, you know, there's a little bit of conversation happening with the guys and the girls, and Shaquille is basically saying, like, Kirsten's kind of exhausting him right now yeah. because she just keeps repeating this thing about how we have to have more conversations and we have to like get to know more about each other. And he's like, I'm confused. Like I'm staying up late having these talks with you till like 3 a.m. And multiple it, times a week. It seems like it's he has never to get enough. up early. And yeah, this is not OK, though. I will say let's temp let's counter this with Kirsten on after party when this was addressed. She said, it's only happened two or three times in the six weeks, which everyone still thought was a little bit extreme. But she says it was only a few times and she was specifically focusing on it right now because of how unsure they both were. So I don't know. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. But Kirsten's definitely like super hesitant. Like if I were to like just make a call based on this episode, I would say they're not. She has no intention of staying with him after. Yeah. But then it's weird, I will say, the only other part of me that fights with my resignation 
is that I'm hearing her bring up more. She did this in After Party and it's clearly coming up next week. This, I'm just trying to make sure he really likes me and thinks he could love me. And like, that could be something she's just saying because like the deep down, she never got fully attracted to him and she just wants him to dote on her 24 seven to see if that helps her get more into him. And so that's like, she's maybe she has this sort of like bottomless pit need for attention in hopes that it'll work. Or I could see because of this journey and the way it's gone, he does seem annoyed by her a lot. Yeah. And this week I sort of like, it was the first time I considered that she might notice that. And that could kind of make you feel shitty sometimes and then start start being overthinky and and being kind of naggy because you're like, do you even like me? Like, yeah, because I will say when it comes to like activities and when they're doing like she's definitely more. She's easier to laugh and kind of like be in the moment mm-hmm. and um, like roust him, make a joke. I don't know. And and then maybe someone could say, well, yeah, I remember what she said at the honeymoon. Maybe that kind of was the beginning of all of this. Yes, I don't that's know. right. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's once again, it's difficult to parse out what's going on Bottom between line, these two. There's not a forever future for them, right? Well, one of the the biggest takeaway from these conversations for me like obviously Nicole top of mind right now is post decision day what's happening living situation wise. Yeah. And Kirsten lets it makes it known that they haven't even discussed right any post living options. Yeah. We're a week away. Like maybe that's what's mm-hmm. needs to be talked in these late night accords <sighs> between each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but that's shocking to me. Like that, well, that we're not that planning a future. Feel like yeah, well, exactly. Neither, maybe neither of you are really think that this stands a chance beyond. I don't know. Um, they did the Western Saloon wench role play just 10 seconds too long for me. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole really likes getting in getting into a character. Loves a costume. When she puts a costume on, it is full <laughs> bore. Yeah. I had to to tape it but cringed both times uh but everybody looked amazing so then we do timber sports oh which strikes me as something you would love my goodness i i need to say something okay this giant sequoia climb activity not sure it's a sequoia i have never seen this done by real life people i have seen this only done in disney's mulan ah which yes. is seared in my memory. But like this, I mean, this activity looks truly like my worst nightmare. Truly This awful. whole thing looks so much fun. <laughs> I like Chris. We are literally the opposite as it pertains to, to, this. Some, to some activities. Yeah. I like Chris actually back in my younger years would turn on ESPN in on the weekend in the morning mm-hmm. early instead of watching cartoons mm-hmm. and would find myself many a time watching timber sports. And <laughs> so this is a real word, like a genre 
it's really timber sports. I didn't know what I didn't know that there was an overarching genre that. for it until I heard it on the show. I, timber sports. Oh, that makes so much sense. Like, <laughs> of course, it's called timber sports. Yeah. So, I mean, there are Ooh, several no. more fun events that could be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, I'm like, this is an, this is my playground. I want to go here on my birthday. <laughs> you would love that saw thing. The saw thing. Um, I would love to maybe get some. Some chainsaw action. Mm. Uh, they have one particular activity. I don't know if it's at this place, but what you do is you chop into the wood to put a plank in. Then you climb up on that plank and Whoa. chop another plank in Whoa. and race up the pole that way. That's insane. It's very intense. Um, you have to be so freaking strong for that. Yeah, and log rolling. I wish I would have been able to see some log rolling. Okay, well, you should start a new podcast. Maybe I will. Timber Sports Reveal. Maybe I will. Maybe it'll be Timber Sports and Lakers post game. <laughs> there you, you go. You can listen at the end of this episode for the debut episode <laughs> of that. So this is the ladies really rock it. Oh, they like, were amazing. Ass. Clint can't even do it because he is so desperately hungover. This is the second time we've seen Clint like unable to move it's kind of a disappoint disappointing you would have thought clint would have been at the forefront of a timber sport i know regatta boy over here right and he can't even look at the pole without wanting to puke well he's used to the sea lock it up clint. he prefers the sea this is true <laughs> true semen but yeah it's bad <laughs> he did not say semen that's what he it, is it's bad that like you know okay the drinking is coming up it's a thing I yeah. think it's officially a thing. It, uh, she's clearly finds it very annoying, very unattractive. He apparently could barely make it to bed. She had to like get him in his jammies the night before. And it is like even less cute that then it fucks with your whole next day. I mean, look, there's a place for it once in a while, but there's something about the way she was talking about it when they did the like split up, you know? Yeah, they, yeah. There was something about the way she was talking about it and the way that everybody was responding that made me feel like this is a pattern a little bit and nobody's like surprised by it. So, I mean, and then she does say like, no one wants that guy. It's not attractive. And he gets clearly very butthurt by this in After Party mm-hmm. with the rewatch. Um, it brought, it actually reminded me of his defensive side that we truly have not seen since week one. Yeah. The way he was in After Party. I was like, oh, oh yeah, you still are really sensitive. You just do so much. Like, okay, what I would just say about Gina and Clint in this episode for me other than like the moment where, you know, she's dealing with a real life thing with like the girl from her salon and he was very much there for her. And, and like, she was actually being vulnerable because she was talking about something she actually cares about. I just feel like they're, this couple is bullshit at this point. Yeah. I feel like I got minorly duped. Yes. And, it by because Gina does you know she said some compelling things like uh I've she's like the 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 attraction and like vulnerability and intimacy isn't continuing forward because she feels like because he's never been attracted to her he's never felt the need to really like impress her or try that hard with her or find out what she thinks and feels about his behavior 
or try to be on his best behavior for her, which all just sort of perpetuates her lack of attraction and that she's never really felt like a wife. And it's, I mean, it was compelling to me. It mm-hmm. made a lot of sense. Uh, and then he does, then he brings up an after party as a response to that, that he, you know, he starts with like, well, it's kind of hard to act like a husband if, or treat you like a wife if you're not act, treating me like a husband, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then he gets into, first off, all these things she was saying to these people, he stands by that like she never says them to him. And and then it made me think like, wait, they never do have conversations where she like brings something to him that is bothering her Yeah, without an expert or one of the other cast members instigating it. Yeah. Never in private. And so that is kind of bizarre. You're right. I mean, for it's weird because we've been in this vortex of like Kirsten and Shaq talking a lot mm-hmm. about around like needs and conversations, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And they haven't had any of those talks. Right. And they only have a sliver of them when someone else is putting them on the spot yeah. and they have to share, which half the time, even their responses to that are very generic. They were that at every meal, pretty much every little like conversation starter moment with the group. Everything is just like, well, you know, communication and continuing forward. And you're just like, you guys are just saying the bare broad minimum to justify why you're still in front of these cameras. right Yeah. And it's because you're not going to break the contract because you're too close to the end. Yeah. I was, I mean, Gina's kind of hard for me to pin down. Wait. So I missed the crux of what I was going to say. Yes. That's the big thing. Okay, go. So he says that. And then he's like, it's a little hard when she is someone completely different on camera than she is off camera. Da, da, da. We've heard this that is, before. Yes. And then he elaborates and he's like, yeah, no, there is literally like zero, zero. When the cameras are off, there is zero level excitement from her. And she presents as someone that he doesn't even know if he could have a friendship with. Wow. That was intense. I, I, I could not like, that. Yeah. Holy shit. Because the whole narrative of them on TV all season has been friendship. All they have is, is this, this amazing real friendship, friendship where they have pillow talk at night before bed and just never fight and just laugh a lot. And he's like, no, when the kid, the only time he sees any beacon of hope for their connecting or getting closer, deeper is when the cameras are there. And he makes a point like, you know, I think that's really telling. And I was like, holy shit. And it really made me wonder. First off, it was like, oh, this is why we've all been getting mixed messages all season. Like, because he is too, you know? I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm blown away by like anything that he, besides his cooking, Okay, that that is a, a caretaker move. But besides that, I'm not blown away by the way he's put himself out there for her in private either. He certainly has not been the instigator of intimacy building conversations when uh, like experts and castmates aren't there either. Yeah. However, when you hear this, 
if if she basically treats him with contempt and complete disinterest when cameras aren't there, why would he be trying to do anything other than just have fun with the group and get by? Yeah. I'm wondering how close she is with the girls. Oh my God. That's literally what I was going to say next. Yeah. I, that's I, in my notes. Okay. Look I at that. really want to know what the girls think because I, it doesn't it's hard to get seem a lead. like they're not. This as is close. just a guess, but it just does not seem like she has the same chemistry yes. with the other girls. No. And can I also say from following Nicole on Instagram that her and Kirsten definitely hang out on the reg. They are real life friends. They also went and saw Eris run at a marathon a week ago. Jury is still out on who was with Kristen. Cause, cause yes. anyway, um, side note, juicy side note, but I certainly never see Gina. And I, I want to say I have that Jasmine might hang out with them as well. But that might be just. I don't know. I'm just like racking my brain throughout the, you know, and I just, I'm thinking like, okay, the, like, Kirsten and Nicole felt comfortable, you know, they felt comfortable talking and stuff during. They've done multiple things. They've done things things together with one on one. And I feel like Jasmine has been a part of that as well, at least like conversationally, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, like breaking off. But. I don't think that like Gina is going outside of her way out like outside yeah. of shooting yeah. to spend time with spend them. time with any of these I people. am kind of thinking the same thing and it might not even be from a malicious place like No, no, I'm just line, curious. She yeah. works a lot and she has works, her girlfriends at the salon. Has a ton of girlfriends. But it did make me wonder like hearing about the side of her that is not on camera it's like, oh, what is she like that with the cat, the other cast? Like, does she try with them? I want to know what they think so bad. But yeah, we won't know unless one of you slide into our DMs. Cough, cough. Anyway, going back, I definitely am just like, by the end of it and by after party, I went, oh my God, I don't even want to waste another second trying to break down any of your damn interactions. You guys are not ending up together. You never were, really, for a lot of reasons that you guys basically predestined yourselves to by day three. And it's just like a waste of our damn time. Yeah, they're running out the clock. Yeah. And so I'm not going to talk about Yeah, that should be a category on the rankings. Running running out out the the clock. clock. All right, maybe it will be. Like, that should take over Not a Chance in Hell. Okay. We'll make that adjustment. Okay. So, post-Timber Sports, uh, we have, like, the different couples debriefing. We have Shaq and Kirsten debrief. They talk about this conversation thing. You I've know. heard this debrief between them like four times this season. I know. It's the same thing. I know. I'm over it. It's the same. I'm writing. I can just copy and paste week to week this give, conversation give about conversations. Attention. Kirsten, I give you lots of attention and it seems like it's never enough. Well, attention's really important to me and I need you to give me attention for me to decide if I'll still stay married to you because you're bald. But <laughs> <laughs> and on and on again. So, uh, Nicole and Chris play mini golf and it is hilarious. Uh, and the moment, this is the, the, the best part of the episode. Other than the fact that I want 
to believe and, you know, you can say the truth, whatever it is. I do think I'm a little bit more luck- lucky in skill when it comes to some of games like this. You're pretty good. You're a pretty good mini golfer. I'm not amazing, but, but I relate to all of her emotions. Like, and I'm very similar in that I don't confront the competitive side of me very often. And then when I do something like this and I'm really bad and you're killing me, I do begin to spiral and lose interest and get pissed And then I go, oh, my God, you are super competitive. This is why you stay away from all games. Yeah. And then that's, yeah, just that's my journey as well. As (laughs) within three seconds of mini golf starting and she hit her first putt and said, I feel like I should get a redo. I was like, I've I've been I've been here before. I know exactly what's going to happen now. And. Nicole, I just have to say, your wrists are too floppy. Mm. It's it, firm it, up it, those wrists, Nicole. It's gotta you gotta have firm wrist. It's really <laughs> a shoulder thing. You know what? You've taught me this too. It's a really a shoulder thing, and as soon as you start getting flippy wrists, <laughs> the ball's gonna go all over the but place. But it's weird because in mini golf, it's more encouraging of a flippy wrist than regular golf. But you regular golfers know better. Yeah, but it shouldn't. It's you. Okay. It's the same principle. Same okay. principles apply. Okay, fine. Firm wrist. She's doing no arms. It's all wrist. It's yeah. like a flipper, and like <laughs> it was very hard to watch. I just wanted to get in there. I know Chris was probably trying to help. Poor Chris. Just the quote of the episode. I think that this could be the last time that we play mini golf <laughs> because it's so hard. Not the sport. Not the activity. But it was so hard and difficult for him to play with her with her. (laughs) Oh, my God. So funny. I will say um, a theme with him and them. I mean, again, I don't have I know this couple saying yes on decision day. I think they're going the distance, but he's definitely feeling like a little bit annoyed with her a little bit. At times. Yeah, Uh, I think just like with the way that she can overly question. I I think she's an anxious person and she can kind of like get spirally, whether it's about an activity they're doing or if it's like this, she cannot let go of like, we must make the decision to the point that like the second, the second they're zipping up the suitcases to leave. We're back on the, she's like, this weekend is over. As you recall, (laughs) we said when the retreat was over, we would really get sure about this plan post-decision day. And so, you know, I just want to make sure we're under the same. And he's like, yeah, like we talked about on the drive to the retreat when I said, we're not going to figure it out at the retreat. So we'll start figuring it out when we get back. I'm like, Nicole, she's definitely just got like a little bit more of an anxious, uh, She's just anxious. Yeah. So she gets anxious when when things are unknown. I have a little bit of a hard time because one of the things that she talks about mm-hmm. with Chris is him taking. I know what you're gonna say. Him like standing up for himself, prioritizing or himself, prioritizing himself. But then. <laughs> She makes him get dressed up in dinosaur costumes Literally for breakfast. Less than twelve hours later. 
And I'm like, but you also can be a part of this right. process of him not bending over him. backwards to do things for anyone and everyone yeah. and being a people pleaser. Yeah. Like, and he literally would not let it go. Like, she wouldn't let it go. The costume thing that came out of fucking nowhere. Obviously, it was something that she thought would be cute and funny that she planned in advance. And then they got to the last day and she was like, oh, wait, I have to do the thing because I planned it. And so we have to. So she pulls it out. It feels very inorganic. It is not the time. Everyone is exhausted, is hungover from like three nights in a row of getting super drunk and staying up late. And he smells the breakfast potatoes. And he's just like, babe, let me just eat my fucking breakfast and go. Like, seriously? And she won't let it go. And like, obviously, in the end, it is not that big of a deal. Uh, I mean, he's very much the opposite of Mitch the bitch from San Diego. But that was one that she could have let go. Uh, it was just so forced and then the cringe of it all. My cringe part two after a Western wench role play is and Chris just continually going, I would have never done this if, if it was just me. This is her idea. This, this is, is her idea. fully her idea. I'm only doing it because it's Nicole's idea and she asked me to. I'm only doing it because I have- Nicole asked me. I do say I have so much respect for the commitment to the bit, though. It's not just like, look at us. Oh, we're in dinosaur costumes. It's a full roaring up the stairs, accompanied by this dinosaur wants a bagel. <laughs> it just keeps going. I it know was, we have the constant line. Pretty good <laughs> scene work. <laughs> oh my god! And then Chris is in his interview. Not proud of it. Not proud that I did it, but I did. <laughs> and he looks genuinely a little bit weary. <laughs> My favorite thing was when they're in the room and she's like trying to convince him. She's like, be silly with me. Be silly with me. And he's like, what's the point of this? Like, she's super. <laughs> he's like, but I just don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't you know get what? it. <laughs> Everyone in the kitchen didn't really get it either. <laughs> That was hysterical. Uh, oh, uh, it reminded me a little bit of like your brother being posed with something and being <laughs> like, what's this? This is stupid. Why would we do that? Because like, he's so just quick blunt. To just, yeah. yeah. Just casually, but very bluntly. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. That's fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, we love you, Nicole. Yeah, we do. We do. We love your commitment to all the things you do, even if sometimes maybe it's time to just let go and release the thing that you thought you were going to do before. <laughs> okay. We have a final retreat dinner. Mm-hmm. And like, they show this interview of Dr. Pepper being like, we hope they use their best resource each other. And I'm like, how about their only resource? Freaking <laughs> miss on sabbatical. I can't. They do this little conversation question thing. Wasn't that interesting, to be honest. Kirsten didn't really answer her question correctly. She was asked what her favorite imperfection is about Shaq. And she basically is like, so the listening thing, you know, you could still work on that. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and I could tell she really confused him. And he didn't answer it right either, but he still managed to compliment her. 
and be like, that thing where you used to overanalyze and like blah, blah, blah. Now you let things breathe more and gives things space. Anyway, everyone, it's just wasn't that interesting, to be honest. I mean, people said some nice things about each other and scene. Yeah. Well, I do want to address that Eris comes back. Oh, right. And Sorry. is just flubbergasted, <laughs> flustered, confuzzled, confuzzled. That he could miss flummoxed. Jasmine. Flummoxed. Right. That's what I was, flum- <laughs> he's flummoxed that he could possibly miss his wife for I one know, night. I know, And uh, it, seems it was- be making a lot of headway for him. Yeah, I like guess- the fact alone is just- I was really disappointed when, you know, she has to play fifth wheel. Right. You know, or sixth wheel. I don't know how many people we have here. Yeah. Seventh wheel. And he's, she comes back and like tells him, oh, I climbed to this pole and I was the highest one. And like even had to go out of her way to say out of everyone to like be like, not just the highest girl. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's like, oh, that's cool. I just won this game of Connect Four. Like, yeah, I was so, so disappointed lame. that you couldn't like. That's the thing is he still randomly says something like just childish and boring that like shuts down the conversation. I'm like, this is your opportunity to be like, really just say anything Anything about how impressed you are. And that's so cool. And like, I don't know. It was just, eh. Yeah, it's still like, Eris has come a long way. And like, weirdly, I walk away from this episode right now feeling like they still have a better chance of saying yes on decision day than Kirsten and Jack. You do? But yeah, maybe that's the, if, if, only because I think Kirsten and Shaq have exhausted. I don't think they've done it right, but they have exhausted the hard conversations to the point that they're just on repeat and they're not going anywhere. And I think they're closer to no- realizing that they've reached the end of their rope versus Jasmine and Eris have barely scratched the damn surface. And things have been on such an uphill trajectory for the last seven to 14 days that I could see that being just the potential, the still how much is unknown being why they say yes. Yeah. You know, I I feel like there's not really much more than that. He just seems very excited that he missed her and she feels very excited that he missed her. Yeah. Right. They seem into each other right now. That's that's all I can say. Uh Oh, but you know what did annoy me is what. So they're having their final breakfast. And Clint really worked hard with the meals, I have to say. That's a I lot of big-ass group meals to make. Uh, just so impressed. Yeah. Eris, so what does everyone need to say yes on decision day? Eris, you know, so a lot of it's just what we already know for Jasmine to keep, like, speaking her truth and being more confident. And then, and then, and just to, for her to be the best version of herself for us. That's what I would need. Okay, Eris, shut up. What? You need her to really work on being the best version of herself? Shut up. I can't. Yeah. But again, it felt like something that he just thought was the right thing to say. Yeah. And so I don't know that it was that deep, but it didn't sound good. No. Which happens with him often, you know? Yeah. Uh, Chris wants Nicole to never, to stop questioning things and like, that he's the real deal. I think I think that that's sort of where he's at. He's just like, we are solid. Believe me. Please stop, like, 
spinning out that maybe we're not, you know, for like little logistical things or whatever. Gina and Clint give bullshit answers. Very generic. La la. Okay, we didn't make it by 30, but we did make it by 33. I mean, like, do you have anything else? Was there anything else in After Party that stood out to you? No. I feel like we kind of touched on it as we went. Next week, we're getting a lot of your, like, our final check-ins. Yeah. With family members and friends. Experts. Um, Experts. We're getting some tarot. We're getting some pole dancing. Yeah. We're getting a lot. Yeah. So next week will actually probably be pretty entertaining. In terms of some more deeper conversations, maybe, yeah. and some indication on what will happen yeah. before decision day. Are you ready for my power rankings? I am. Contender, Nicole and Chris. Mm-hmm. Pretenders, Shaq and Kirsten, Jasmine Aris, and our new category, running out the clock, Clinton Gina. <laughs> Clinton Gina. Yep. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and listening this week. We are so close to the end. We've made it this far. Let's stick together. Let's stay strong. Let's see the season through. We're almost there. We hope you have lovely weekends. If you feel like contributing to the podcast, you can go in the show notes below to our Buy Me a Coffee website and make a one-time or recurring payment there. This is your reminder that reviews take 20 seconds and go a long way for us. We are two reviews away from the 90th review. If you are the 90th review, you are getting a shout out on the pod. And we think we can make that happen by next week. So have a great week. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.